This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net-zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. It's another round of Soccer's Morning Show. Soccer down here. And good morning to all of you. Last night, there was soccer in Atlanta. And it was the AmFam Cup 2 Electric Boogaloo. And we figured that'll take up a lot of the time this morning. And zero wrong with that. John here, Jarrett there. And we'll get into it. It was crazy. I thought it was only going to be something like 2-1, maybe going to PKs, but no. Completely and totally just nuts for a bunch of different reasons. And we'll get into that. We'll get into the two forty, the two separate 45s. A lot of stuff to talk about with the young kids. And, uh, you know, Jarrett, just from 30,000 feet before we get into it, uh, wild night, seven goals, and a lot to talk about. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh chaotic night uh the amfam cup takes no prisoners apparently because it, it it's it's funny now because apparently like there's like, so it, it, apparently anytime we bring a team from league mx into a mercedes-benz stadium uh things are going to go off the wall yeah um because for a preseason friendly well it's a regular season friendly if you're toluca yeah uh, it got chippy yes it got real chippy for a bit there um <laughs> in, the, in the first half they went chill. yeah yeah they were they were playing around man i mean um, you're, it, it was physical there were fouls that weren't called um it was and you know part of the course though i mean like, and that's you're getting, thing, like you give you got to give toluca credit for reading the room it's like okay what can we do go right up to the edge and yes getting right up to the edge and push and test and test and push and figure it out. It's like, okay, where can we go? Where can we go? Where can we go? Uh, we knock somebody, we knock somebody over. We chopped Tiago Almada down in the first 45. Okay. We'll keep doing it until it gets a whistle. And, yeah. and being next to the bench and hovering behind uh, Rob Valentino and uh, Gonzalo Pineda last night, it was uh Let's just say it was interesting discussions. Let's put it that way. When uh, when things either weren't called or it was called entirely too late. And, and that's the funny thing is, I feel like you know, you know the uh, the GIF of Andre the Giant, like whoa, 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 whoa. Uh huh. Yeah, I feel like that was the referee in last night's game. 
simply because I don't know if he expected to get that kind of No, game. no, no. Um, he probably thought, this is a friendly. It'll be fine. Oh, God, they're going to kill each other. Jesus, what, Jesus, what am I going to do? Because, <laughs> yeah, man, it got... It got uh, it got chippy. Uh-huh. It got chippy real damn fast. Yes. Um, uh huh. Yeah. It, uh-huh. It, but but you know what? You got you got a lot out of that game. I think you got entertainment for the fans who finally got to see them play. Um. Because I feel like that's you know what we've been looking for is, you know how, you know. How does it look? Like, we've seen it. You saw some in Chattanooga. That's early in preseason. You want to work out the kinks. That's fine. The games in Mexico, you weren't really able to watch. And then you get last night where you're able to see some good, some bad. Um, You want to see, I think, more from the midfield. And that goes without saying. Yeah. Um, And it's... You you saw a couple of guys, a couple of different performances and prove it situations to me because Mateus Asetu is in a prove it situation and I think he can be really good, but he was loose with the ball last night and I love that Toluca came in and is a team that plays the way they do. I'm glad they punched Atlanta in the mouth because you need that in preseason. You need to be facing. You don't need to be playing, you know, old school. Um, you know, one double A Southeast. In your preseason games and warmups, this isn't this isn't ramping up in college football. Like I want them playing teams like this who are going to push them, right? Who are going to challenge them. I want okay. You're playing you're playing live fire drills here. Cool, man. We're going 100. percent We're going full speed. Um, and I'm glad you got that. But he was a little loose with his touch in the midfield. If uh, if Ibarra was as well, those are the things you got to clean up because there are bodies coming for you and coming for those positions. And uh, Gonzalo Pineda is not afraid to play the kids. And um, on the other end of that spectrum of the proven situations, Machocho, who I thought for 40 minutes was outstanding at the nine, mm-hmm. um, almost had an assist laying that ball off to, um, to Almada, uh, hit the crossbar on his own, provided really good pressure. The fact that he is built like a spider does not hurt. Um, He's so damn long; it's hard to dribble around him. <laughs> he provided he provided a lot of good work off the ball. Was uh, you know was not wasteful when he got on the ball and did what you want him to do to be a backup striker. And it's a big proving year for him. He was injured all last year. Uh, even when he played with the twos at the end of the season, felt like he was pressing. This is a chance for him to prove something. Um, and yeah, a couple of those guys got gonna have questions. And you got to see how they respond throughout the season. Um, overall, I mean, first half was was wild. I mean, that, that yeah. second goal that Toluca <laughs> scores is inch perfect. Yeah, defense collapses and gives him time to line it up. And I wasn't even mad at Westberg on it. Like Westberg gets a touch to it, he's not saving that. That's the defense hung him out to dry. No, because the defense collapses like a dying star into the middle and allows that shot to come off. Westbrook somehow gets a touch to it, just not enough of it. Um, the first goal is, you know, it's 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 sloppy. It's the midfield has issues. It's a new pairing in the back there with Prata and with Cobb. You want Cobb to do a little better there, but Prata has to, like, that's one of those, like, where Prata has to turn his man left. Like, don't let him get on his right foot. This is the old Iron Robin thing of, what are you going to do? 
Uh, we're going to let him get on his left foot. No, you don't want to do that. No. You don't want to let him right there get on his right foot where he can put that shot on frame. Yeah. Uh, you want to force it left. I thought Cobb did that really well. Like five minutes later, there's a situation where, um, you know, where Cobb is able to usher things out and basically take away any danger in the box. Like mm-hmm. basically force the guy towards the, the end line where he can't do anything. And that's what you want to see in those moments, especially from a guy like Cobb, who had a couple of moments where you wanted to be better. And then he would follow them up with better moments because you have to have a short memory. Because as I say, the amount of people who are going to feel sorry for you on that field is precisely zero. Yeah. So you cannot feel sorry for yourself for yourself if you make an error. And I thought he did a good job of that of of taking of of taking those bad moments and not letting them define yeah. his game. Right. Still improvement to be had, but again, eighteen year old kid. Yeah. You see what it looks like. Yeah, and that's that's kind of what we're hunting for here. So uh, I think it's just safe to say that now that everybody's in the room, the Atlanta United match and kits are uh, what we're looking at here for opening kickoff brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee. We're just obviously going to keep going. There's your QR code for everybody who's watching on Twitch. Uh, do not forget to use the code soccer down here 15 when it comes to kickoff coffee. And in turn... You get 15% off of your purchase, and thanks to everybody who has been purchasing from Kickoff Coffee, because in turn, they take 10%, roll it over into the youth game and youth initiatives. Very, very cool stuff from our friends at kickoffcoffeeco.com. Uh, obviously, we've got Barcelona to talk about. We've got Champions League to talk about. We've got Manchester City to talk about. I know that Bart is probably uh, cursing the, the ground that he's walking on and has since about 4.50 yesterday afternoon. So we've got a lot of that to talk about, but uh, you guys are talking about kits and jerseys and things like that. We'll get into that this morning too, but Jarrett's on a roll discussing Atlanta United. Here's your, here's your breakdown of the goals. Brooks Lennon in the 15th minute with his left foot, by the way, puts it in to make it one nil. And then two minutes later, Luis Arujo, who just continues to, I, I, you know, you run out of words. And I will admit that when we were uh, doing the halftime show last night on Peachtree TV, Emily Gagnon and I, 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 off air, I used the word sexy. And so, of course, when we're on air, Emily reminds everybody that I used the word sexy in describing Luis Arugio in that second goal, Jared. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's, and, and that's, that's kind of what it was. Um, yeah. Woo. You, you, you literally just run out of words at times. And Luis, uh, and once again, it's one of the things that has been one of the tent poles with Miguel Pineda. It is early pressure, create opportunities, and just rush back down the field and, and, and go the other way. And that's what I thought Michelle Chol did well in his limited time before he went off with a precautionary. Uh, he said that he, apparently there was tightness in his hamstring. I sound like he just, he felt it. Yeah, tug on him, and then he went down, and it's it's a preseason friendly. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Hopefully, he's okay because, yeah, I was really impressed with what he did. Um, I'm I did not ever peg him to be this guy who could potentially be a nine, but, um, yeah, 
but here we are. And and I thought he did well, and it, and Jackson Conway did as well when he got on the field. Uh, we only saw Daniel Savatu for like two minutes, so yeah. hard to take anything away from that. Yeah. Um, but the kids, especially the kids, looked all right, man. Uh, uh, Arusha's goal was just absolutely <laughs> filthy because yeah. it's a great ball to release it. Yeah. And then he just holds down the sprint button like anyone who's ever played a good game of FIFA in their life and wins that foot race. But the thing that, that gets me and the thing that makes it like special to me is that he's able to hit the air brake, keep control of the ball, and cut it back. Yeah. And able to put a shot, you know, to the near post after the keeper, seeing him cut back, starts that hop to the to his right, Louise's left, yeah. uh, to to try and close down the rest of the coal mouth. Louise just kind of casually plays it back in a very evil and rude way. Uh, back into that near post. It's a great finish from him. Um, you know, we felt so optimistic last year with him coming into the season. Hopefully he is able to carry that through into uh, into the regular season consistently. Well, and to, to your point, what was running through my brain with Luis was Maverick and Top Gun. Basically, I'll hit the brakes, he'll fly right by. And you yeah. got that from Luis in that particular moment. He was Maverick in Top Gun, and the guy hit the brakes. the the the, Rus- the Russian pilot, and I'm talking the, the the first one, hit the brakes. He'll fly right by, and then it was either in training or against the Russians. I forget, but uh, the the plane goes through. He hit the brakes. Maverick ended up, you know, doing what he needed to do. So maybe we should just start calling Luis Arujo Maverick. I don't know, but uh, you got that uh, first two goals on the board. Then Ivan Lopez, you had a two nil lead, and then Ivan Lopez. Oh, good about life. Two and then you did. Yeah. Two minutes later, Ivan Lopez scores to make it two one, and then you mentioned the Bofo Salcedo goal at forty five and three, and, and being Such there. Such a ne- good finish, oh. dude. It's so damn good, but the defense cannot collapse like a dying star like that in that moment. They gotta. They've got to maintain their integrity for yeah. lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not able to do that. Then, so. yeah, and I mean, and I could, you could almost see from the ground level, you could almost see Salcedo kind of gauge what was there and you could see him sizing up the opportunity. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and it was just like, okay, all right, everything's just kind of opening up and things just slide a certain way and you can kind of see in three dimensions how Salcedo is looking at it and just absolutely pitch perfect to, to put it in to have it uh two two at the break and then uh you swap out uh 11s basically and I, I asked rob valentino i said when was the last time you had eight cards to hand to the to the table he says actually it was nine and uh so you had nine cards noah cobb stayed and uh and jackson conway stayed because of the substitution from a choke chol all right so let, let's get into the third goal for atlanta united and it goes McFadden, Fortune, Luke Brennan. And Luke Brennan will be his own little subset of conversation here coming up in a bit. But the ball from Aiden McFadden, basically close to center line, and the touch for, and awareness of, of a Johnny Fortune, knowing that Luke Brennan is running behind him as you're, as you're thinking about it. But the the awareness that a Johnny Fortune had to flick behind and Luke Brennan 
powers it past the number one keeper for Toluca. I mean, it was a great moment for the kids. It was a great moment for this group in the second 45. But once again, McFadden, Fortune, who is in for, I think, like 20 minutes, and Luke Brennan. We've seen that with Atlanta United, too. We've seen those three work and and do well for Atlanta United, too. But to see the three of them combine once again the way that they did against the number six team currently in the Klausura in Liga MX, I thought it was pretty. That's the best way I can describe it. Just bang, bang, bang. It was a pretty goal for goal number five. It was. um, It was very pretty. It was was just – clean man like um we know that McFadden has that in his bag the funny thing to me was the fact that Caleb Wiley comes off unfortunately with the head injury and then they're like we're just gonna put on the oh we had a guy go out because of uh we had a guy go out because of because of an injury going up for a header cool we're gonna put on a guy who is unholy good at headers. Um, that's exactly what they did. Uh-huh. And that's exactly what he is. Like, it's, he is, um, if y'all haven't seen him before, um, Aiden McFadden is, like, comically good at, at headers. He, he has um, pops, I believe, is the term that kids use. Yeah, it's not even just that, man. He's so good at the timing, the positioning. Um, yeah, and he does have pops. He has that skill where, like, that some dudes just have where, like, when they jump, they just kind of hang in the air. That's what he does. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good ball from him. Yeah, a Johnny Fortune just shows out in the AmFam Cup. Apparently, that's just what uh, a Johnny's going to do. Um, <laughs> it's on the resume. Yeah, basically. So it's really good from him to just kind of flick it on. This episode is made possible by PWC. When unprecedented times are all the time, It's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Perfectly. Um... It's, it's just a perfect – it's a perfect little flick ball back, and the Luke Brennan just so composed in that moment, does a great job, doesn't let the moment get too big for him. Um, I said last night, like, if you want to start if – you're, if you're looking to lay um, – it's almost Easter. So, well, I guess Easter's the next holiday. So, I guess if we're picking Easter candies, like, yes. put your favorite Easter candy on uh, a certain player getting the next homegrown deal. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad bet. Um He's still committed to South Carolina, but those can be uh, those can be. Uh, you know, Tony Annan, we love you, but we love you, Tony. But we might we might take your boy from you. Um, no offense, but we might take your boy from you. Um, 
but yeah, it's it was it was an incredibly good finish from Brennan. Um, and then you get two goals coming back the other way that uh, you know it's it's the kids dealing with um, it's it's the kids dealing with professionals and uh, getting caught out. Okay, well, all right, and this was a point that that you made in our in our production chat. Toluca was time wasting against kids. That's a, it, it's like it's not even like just to make fun of um it's not even just to make fun of like the Amfam cup cuz like we have like I know it's a running joke for the entire community, the entire like fan base of like like we're going to play up the Amfam cup and we're just going to have fun with it because again, sports are fun. They're meant to be fun. You're meant to have fun. If you're not having fun, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um if you're not having fun, go do something else that is fun for you. Um, but it was hilarious seeing this team that damn near won the league. Um, <laughs> I believe it was the Apertura. Yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, they 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 lost in the final in the Apertura. Yeah, they lost in the final the Apertura. Uh, time wasting against a bunch of teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean it's like it's it's not anything to like. It's not anything to completely ride home about. It's not the end of the world or anything like that. It's just funny in a vacuum. You're like, ah, y'all are time wasting its kids. <laughs> and, and we would goal- never do that. We absolutely would do that. Absolutely, absolutely would. Yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, I mean, absolutely would do that. Mm-hmm. I uh, want to. Tr- I want as many trophies as possible. Yeah. I don't care if they're playing the U8s. I'm counting that trophy. Yeah, uh, and and Toluca. For those that may not know their current schedule, they had a game on Sunday afternoon. They are the standard bear for the Sunday afternoon one o'clock game in Liga MX. Oh yeah, um, and, and uh, go for it, Jared. No, uh, Coco reminded me the next holiday is actually Mardi Gras. That's yes. correct. All right, um, so, so then uh, king cake. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, so, I've, I've got to go into the I've got to go into my office. Uh-huh. Here in the next few days, probably like next week, and I'm genuinely like thinking like I'm just gonna take a king cake into the office. <laughs> I don't know if these people will know what to do with it. I don't know if I'm gonna chip a tooth on the baby. I'm sure I someone don't really will. care. I'm sure someone's gonna chip a tooth on the baby and they're gonna go, What in the ish is that? Well, that's not my problem. No, it's not. It's their it's their lack of foreknowledge anticipating what a king cake is. So, so then, would you say King Cake on Luke Brennan as the next homegrown? Um, yes, uh, bam. So, a King Cake. You can Google this. It's a part of Mardi Gras, and uh, different. There's different forms of Mardi Gras. You know, you can get there's there's the New Orleans style that is that is the, the world famous mm-hmm. um, with the crews and the floats and 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 the partying and uh most of my 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 dad's family's from down there and i have many stories from them about uh many many uh lost evenings in new orleans (laughs) yeah um but uh you also get like the mobile version yeah a little bit different um you also get gasparilla down in tampa which is a whole different animal that is true Um, but a king cake is a giant round cake um It's just, just this, yeah. It's this giant, round, delicious, sweet cake, and uh, you you generally put a baby in the cake, like a little plastic baby, not a, not a live human, not child. a live child, not no. a human child, no. 
Um, no, but you would put a plastic baby in the cake. Yes. And, Never and, not fun. And, and it's it's like, you well, it's, and you, you've you won the prize, basically. Yes. And, um, so a, a king, king cakes are delicious. I don't know that you would be able to find one in Australia. That's okay. Um, yes. We are here to help. And so I, I would send you one, but I cannot think of anything that would possibly travel worse across the continental United States and the Pacific Ocean yes. than a king cake. Yes. Uh, for for BAM's assistance, I have linked to an article from NewOrleans.com. It's <laughs> the fun if it's not a live child. Yeah, I mean, well, and and, and BAM, the, the thing is, Christ. though, is it's, that... It's late for BAM, too. We're getting It's getting dark for BAM, and we're late in the evening. There's yeah. a lot happening right now. Yeah, so... And, and I mean, but bam, if it was a live child, you would have to think about the, the effort it would take for the, the bakery to actually create the cake because the cake in and of itself is probably, I mean, have you never read, have, have you never read a modest proposal? It's not that hard. Yeah. I mean, it's the, the king cake is traditionally what about 12 by 18, Jared? Yeah, it's pretty good size. Okay. 12 by 18 by three. And you would have to probably widen the cake a little bit. Of course, we're talking about the age of the child, too. I remember when I could be awake till 1.30 in the morning. Now when I do it, I just stare into the darkness. Like, yep. Oh, God, I've made a terrible mistake. Yes. My child's going to be awake soon. Yep. So depending on the age of the live child, Bam, you might have to lengthen the cake. You would probably have to widen the cake if you're talking about wingspan. And you definitely would have to uh, take the depth of the cake, probably make that from 3 to 12. So from 3 inches to 12 inches, uh, and I can't convert inches to centimeters uh, quickly enough this morning, but you would have to probably, uh, no, you'd probably have to widen the cake by a third or lengthen the cake by a third, widen the cake by a third, and then increase the height of the cake. By about three times, so from like four inches, three inches to about a foot. If you Jason's wanted... begging you to stop because we're not going to cook a child the cake. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just doing it for, for just to understand that if this was something that a baker wanted to undertake, it would take a long time to yes. basically triple the size of your standard king cake if you wanted to do something like that. King cake tastes delicious, though. Get it, if you get a good one. Um... See, I've already had the idea of, like, what if we opened a really good, like, authentic Mexican restaurant in England, like in, in London? Mm-hmm. Um, I've already had those, those, those internal discussions. Now I'm having the discussions of opening a Cajun restaurant in Australia. So We're going to start this one up. Let's just, let's just go for it. Absolutely fantastic. No, I think that that's, uh, I think that's good. Uh, let's see. Uh, and a lot of you guys are, are, have, are comments. Uh, on the Twitch pitch about everything from the game to kits and what you guys are thinking about that to, uh, yeah, the Rentazos ones are the ones I've always been told were. Yeah. I'm trying to remember when we would have King cakes, where we got them from, but it might be Rondazos. But, uh, but yeah, for, for, uh, Mardi Gras King cakes are a staple of the celebration. And, uh, now that we have given the public service about that, uh, you know, you look at, the uh, the other I'm trying to think of the the other younger players because there were as Gonzalo Pineda told me going out to the second half I mean in that second eleven there were five completely off the rails 
sorry. I've completely forgot we were talking about a damn soccer game at this point. Well, but I mean, that's what this show does sometimes. Like I, I said, no, but you tried to cook, you're trying to cook children. No, I was doing a proportionality exam. I was not doing anything about encouraging a lot li- in cooking a live child. I was just talking about what it would take the baker to have a cake to encase said child. Which Hazel from the old Bugs Bunny cartoons? No, it's like the the you're you're not baking the child to make the cake. The cake, the child is outside, and then you make like you place oh the child God. inside. Anyway, speaking of children, yeah, bunch of teenagers played last night. They were Second really half. good. Yeah, uh, Johnny half. Fortune's really good at what he does. Yes, um, Alan Carlton is, uh, is about that. Is about that life. Alan um, Carlton does not care of your birth certificate, sir. Despite the fact that he weighs like seventy-eight pounds soaking He's wet, about twenty, yeah, on on Jupiter, where the gravity is more intense, um, mm-hmm. Alan Carlton is not a large human being. No, um, but well, he's 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 actually taller than I think he might be taller than Andrew is. But well, uh, he, he is a he last, is a last year, and I think he has had that a kid a jar of peanut butter. I think I think he has had uh, you know, I think he has had a growth spurt because he was five seven one twenty at the end of last year. Yeah, uh, maybe one thirty, uh, but I but I think he is taller than five seven this year. Cause, you know, because you know the players have the procession where they walk past you as they're heading to the bench. If you're not starting, and and Allen looked Allen looked like he was taller. So I mean that's yeah uh, seventeen. I mean yeah seventeen or eighteen. It makes sense. Um, who would you put? Who would you? Would you cook? Uh, who from the last night's loss would you bake into a cake? Jesus. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. know, It's it's preseason, Bam. Come on. I mean, but if I got to cook somebody in a king cake, you're going to make me cook one of my team, one of my uh, players. I Uh, don't know which one I'm cooking. Yeah. I mean, if you had an immediate answer, Jared, I would be concerned. (laughs) Yeah. Again, this is some, this is some uh, witch hazel stuff. Uh Uh-huh. (laughs) Uh, kind of grim yeah anyway well no and and kefsi admits that uh he was ready for david mejia to win it last night no dice but it was great for luke and aj though and yeah because we've seen david mejia come in messy yeah peruvian messy come in late and just you know hit an absolute banger from say 20 or 22 without any kind of fear whatsoever but i mean but remember that second half to luca had not started a lot of their first teamers. And so they bring in Camilo Sanvezzo. And, you know, it's like a dude, what he's won a golden boot in three separate leagues, including Major League Soccer from his time with the Vancouver Whitecaps. Yeah. And, you know, when, Good when, player. fun player, no doubt. When you, when you sit there and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go to the bench. When Nacho Ambriz goes to the bench and he brings out Camilo Sanvezzo for the stretch run, um, yeah, I mean, it's – but I, I look at that starting – I look at the 11 that came on in the second 45 and that was there for the second 45, and it's something that we've seen a lot of. They do not back down from anything. They do not back down from anyone. Uh, you know, Alan Carlton – let's see. So, Kefsi says MLS lists Alan Carlton at 5'8", 119. 5'8", Yeah, and, and Byrne makes a really good point. And I agree with him. Um, Allen, I think, is more athletic than Andrew. Yeah. Even Andrew now. Like, 
Andrew Carlton is – he just signed with Vegas. Yes. Andrew Carlton's still an incredibly good technical player, but he's never been overly athletic. Um, like, kind of had to protect him in that midfield because he wasn't – he like, he was that dude. You wanted him on the ball because mm-hmm. he's going to make some stuff happen. Mm-hmm. He's going to make magic. But, but – yeah. He's not overly athletic, and if you're asking him to cover tons of ground, you're going, you're going to have to give him some sort of cover. Like mm-hmm. you're going to have to have two guys playing behind him, kind of thing. Yeah, um, it's tough, and it's a tough way. It's a tough way for it to be. Um, but I think Allen is more athletic. Um, he certainly has the chip on his shoulder. I was going to say, Allen's got some sandpaper in him. Allen has some sandpaper in him for sure. Um, now, how does it hold up long term? I don't know. Let's see. I mean, um, yeah, but that, I mean, that, yeah, that second 45, I mean, it's, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot to look at from uh, the club in that second 45 with the younger, with the younger players too. Uh, all right. So since it's nine 36, I'm just going to go ahead and close opening kickoff, but continue talking about it. Yeah, uh, why not? yeah. Well, a lot of comments about the game and the, what we saw in both 45s. That's your opening kickoff that went 30 minutes. Uh, brought to us by our friends at Kickoff Coffee, kickoffcoffeeco.com. There's your QR code for those of you watching on Twitch. And uh, once again, use the code soccer down here 15. You get 15% off your purchase. And they in turn take 10% reinvested into the youth game. Our friends at Kickoff Coffee, kickoffcoffeeco.com, kickoffcoffeeco, Instagram, and Twitter, and Facebook, according to the big banner that I have here off to my right here in Office HD. It has a thing as well as like, and uh, I have to remind, I have to make these comments all the time of like, yeah, these guys are kids. Yeah, they are. Like a lot of, a lot of those that you saw in the second half, they're kids. Um, some of them more kid than others. Like for instance, um, a Johnny Fortune, not as much of a kid anymore. Like, no, getting older. Um, the performances like he had last night, um, Look, because I know, I know it's and uh, if I got to do a three up, three down, part of that three down is Mateus Sesetu. He's too, he's too loose with the ball in the midfield for me. Um, and it's not, uh, it's not an indictment on him in as like a player to say he can't be better. Right. Sure, he can be. Um, I think he can be better. But last night was not a not the showing I wanted to see from him. Yeah, and, and because you did not have uh, Santi Sosa, it meant that you know Ibarra. And you know, Ibarra was more of a defensive element there. Yeah, and he's more of a he's more of a ball winner. But I mean, it just and the and the point the point made by Jason on the broadcast is that you know with Hosechu and Ibarra, it's like all right. So if one of them goes forward, the other one has to remember to stay back in those kinds of situations. And so. Uh, you know, Alex. Now, Alex was in this morning. He says, "Rarely critical, but Hatchew and Ibarra's midfield's too scary for my taste. Center backs looked bad, but it was the mistakes in front of them that created the chaos." And but but you know, once again, if you look at the center backs in the first forty-five, it's Purata and Cobb, and the amount of game state. I mean, yes. Uh, Practice is one thing, but game state is entirely different for me when it comes to, okay, you're in a game and something is is on the table here. How is my partner going to react? And I don't think that Noah Cobb and, and uh, Juanjo Purata have had that kind of 
uh, that kind of a test. This episode is made possible by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough outcomes. Explore the human-led, tech-powered solutions that help you thrive. It's all part of The New Equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For, for lack of a better word. So, uh, you know, it, it's preseason, and they're being paired together because you don't have, you know, it's a load management on, on miles. So, and this happens, you know. As far as the midfield goes, like, if, um, and to Emilio's question like i mean for a that, that ball winning is like it would be him getting into the midfield and like those 50 50 balls loose balls him winning the tackle and winning possession of the ball or at the very least you know taking a chunk out of somebody so that they can't they can't win it and go the other way right. which i there's a couple of moments in that game where i thought he struggled with that where yeah. he should have done better um and he didn't that's something he's got to work on. Um, but the overarching point to this being from what we saw from the kids is that if they if 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 the kids are going to play like that, yeah, and if uh, you don't get the performances you want out of guys like Pizzetto, mm-hmm. uh I don't think it's all that he's going to be shy about giving. Maybe not starts, but minutes to his kids, to yeah. a guy like a Johnny Fortune. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you're not, all... if you're not getting the job done, and there's a kid who'll get the job done, step on zero, zero fear about doing something like that. If you see someone's getting the the job done, and and what that should do is for the individual who is the traditional starter, and you see something like that happen, it should challenge you to. Uh, to want to improve in those aspects that uh, you know that your head coach in the uh, coaching staff are looking at. So uh, you are constantly being tested with the depth that is available with Atlanta United, but that depth is also kids, and, and there's a lot of promise that's attached to that because of what we saw in the second 45, and it's going to be challenging on a weekly basis at the Children's Health Care of Atlanta training ground because of all of this youth that wants to challenge and go for roster spots and contracts and things like that. There's an ex, there's motivation there from that group that we saw in the second 45 to challenge who we saw in the first 45. Yeah. And it's different motivation. So for like some of these guys, yeah, it's, I want to get a home run deal or maybe someone like a Johnny fortune. It's I already got my homegrown deal. I want minutes with the first team. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's great that I might get to go play with the second team this year and get some time and this, that, and the other, but I want minutes with the first team. And to that point, yeah, if if you're not getting the performances you need out of some of these first team guys, if you know, let's say it's Pizzetto and Sosa, which I think is a, it's fine as a pairing, yeah. Um, but if you're not getting what you need, then yeah, 
play the kids mm-hmm. because there's always going to be somebody who's going to want it as much as you do, if not more. And exactly. you got to go with that if that's what it comes down to. Um, and the thing with Fortune has been, can he put? Is he going to be able to put it together consistently? I think he can. Yeah. Um, it's easy to sit here and say that I think he can. Yeah. But I, I hope he can. But it's going to come down to you know our guys taking advantage of their opportunities, not just the kids, but the grown players as well. And if they're not, um, we're not in the business of feelings. We're in the business of winning. So. Yeah, it's, it's a results-based business. Uh, yep. Michael Head on Machoke Chol. Chol looked good. Not sure he has enough mass in quotation marks to compete in the full MLS season. Chol, Chol's very strong. Mm-hmm. It's weird, man. So, like, to your point, like he's not very like Chol's not very muscular looking. Pretty strong, dude. Yeah. And it's just because that bass is so damn spread out across his huge, like, uh, all, like spider frame. Yeah. Um, he's, he's strong. He's just, he's got to get stronger. Same with Brennan. Same with Carlton. Um, the guy I'm least worried about there is Daniel Sabatu, who you'll probably see with the twos this year. Um, yeah, who's, man, who's already turning into a defensive tackle or a middle linebacker? Yeah, I mean he's already got the size. He's got to he's got to show that he can do the other parts of the game. Um, he still has every it's, it's prove it mode for a lot of guys, but yes. um, his is a different kind of prove it. So is what it is. Uh, Grant, sorry to see Chol apparently get hurt last night. Uh, I and he asks, does anyone know if he was injury prone in college? Also, I think I remember him being hurt a lot with twos. Uh, Grant, he was hurt last year in training camp in Mexico. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, this is this is a. It's like this is a prove it year for him. It was it was prove it for. It's a prove it year for a lot of guys. I, mean, I think it's a prove it year for Mateus Setsu. He's got to yeah. show that you know if this is the end of his, if this is the last year, he's got to show that he deserves that opportunity. Yeah. Um, can he? I don't know, honestly. We'll see, yeah. um, but it's also a it's also a prove it year for the likes of 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 Machop Chol, who and Machop Chol's not you're not penciling him as a starter. No, don't get it twisted. Um, it's a prove it for but, Chol, and it's a prove it for Conway at the backup. Yeah, position. like can can these guys be can these guys be starters in this or not even starters, but can they be bench guys in this league long term? Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. Um, you know, but but can they do? Can they do enough to earn that next contract? Yeah, that's that right there is where my question lies with it. Can they do enough? I don't know. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to show you that they can. Yes, that's why you call it a prove it year. Yes, uh, you're Rick- trying to show us. You're trying to show me something. Yes, it's Missouri. Uh, Ricky Ricardo with the public service. Machope did not really get hurt at Wake Forest. But, yeah, I know that a lot of folks remember last year when he was hurt in Mexico in training camp, and it's always difficult to recover if it's a muscle injury. And, that was once again, that was a point that Jason made as uh, Machope was being subbed off last night. It's always difficult to to recover muscle injuries because you have to make sure that that muscle is at 100% and you can't push yourself and press yourself for a regression. So yeah, it's a it's a delicate dance when we're talking about muscle injuries. Uh, yeah, and and to um, 
And to Amelia's point, like if Sosa is able to stay healthy this year, I, I as well, I'm pretty, um, I'm pretty excited about the prospect of like Sosa healthy for a whole season. Yes. But he has to do it. Um, because what he showed you in 21 and at the end of 22 was that he can be an outstanding midfielder in that. And if he's that guy, then yeah, um, I'm feeling good about everything, especially if, especially if you get some of these kids pushing, you know, pushing for more minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely good with it then. We'll see. Sean, yeah, Sean's happy with what he saw yesterday. Sam with a question, wanted to know what my immediate impression of Yorgis Yakamakis was now that I've interviewed him. Seems very sure of himself. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing when things don't go his way. I mean, you want that know. you want that kind of confidence in a striker because and you know oh yeah I want I want like the insane confidence which he has yes and, and I mean think about it like Sam in basketball where you have your shooting guard and the last thing you want from your shooting guard is to stop pulling up and taking threes if he's been missing you want the shooter to continue to shoot to get back into rhythm. And, and I think that that's what you're, you're, that's what you're looking for uh, at the nine with with anybody. But when you have uh, you have a, a stretch, say, where things aren't going well for you and the ball's not going in the back of the net, I don't want somebody who's going to sit there and defer and go, okay, no, you go ahead and take it. No, you go ahead and take it. I want that confidence to remain there and the faith in yourself to sit there. The Smith method. Yes, the yeah. Smith method. You just keep shooting the threes, brother. Jarrah Smith, who is living his best life as a college golfer now. Yes. Good for him. Because I think he was named scholar-athlete last year. Yeah, if uh, I'm not mistaken, he was. Johnson C. Smith, does that sound right? Um, North Carolina A&T, Johnson C. Smith, something like that? I think so. But, um, I mean, but, yeah, I want. I still want that confidence there the entire time. That's what I want. And uh, I think that uh, Yakamakis has that over and over and over again. You saw in the press conference how confident he is as an individual, and it was fun to catch up with him underneath one of the speakers uh, last night at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. During a light show. During a light show. It was a dance party. Uh, and uh, so, I mean, it was it was great to catch up with him. And I Sorry, think you, John at a rave is just, I didn't know <laughs> I needed that. But you needed got that. it. You got it. with a la- You got a laser show and a rave and me. And Emily, yeah. and Emily Gagnon and uh, Mike and Jason. But, no, they did great last night upstairs. Um, and, and to Matrix's point, like, so when so the idea of, like, the prove-it year, yeah. Um, if your philosophy on it is I haven't seen enough from two years to give them more, I understand. Um, the part of the prove-it year is for them as well, though. Because... Mm-hmm. They, as professionals, have got to prove to everyone else who might be looking for players that they deserve that shot. So it's been, you know, one and a half down years, two down years, not able to stay healthy, that sort of thing. They're proving, they're trying to prove something not only for, you know, their time here, but for that next contract as well. They got to prove that they deserve that. Yeah. Uh, Sean mentioning the gentlemen who were wearing the yellow uh, jerseys last night. Refereeing was god awful and in very much preseason form. To that point, uh, the goal that made it three-two for Toluca 
the Atlanta United bench was irate because the ball had not stopped moving. The, the ball, 3-3 goal? The three, yeah. The, uh, yeah. Oh, it was a long ball. I, I was irate because Atlanta all night long kept letting Toluca take quick free kicks. Yeah. I was irate. Like, I, no, when you foul them, stand over them. Be the villain. Don't be this good. You, don't, you know what? The nice guy is going to finish last. Yeah. Don't be the nice guy here. You fouled him. Don't, they're taking quick free kicks to try and catch you flat-footed. Yeah. Stand over the ball. Yeah. Ja- uh, Jackson Conway did that in the second half. I noticed that at one moment. But, yeah, sorry. The 3-3 goal from Arujo in the 63rd. The bench was absolutely irate because the ball was moving. And, it, from the, and I didn't see it, so I'm going to have to go back and watch and see if it got picked up on on the broadcast. But the bench, and I mean all of the coaches, jumped up out of their seats and were going after the officiating crew when the goal was scored by Arujo. I mean, you had you had so many assistant coaches going, the ball was moving, ball was moving. And I and I talked to Coach Pineda really quickly. I said, so the so you guys were saying the ball was moving? I said, yes, the ball was moving. So that that whole that whole play, that whole action had Atlanta United absolutely irate. And then later on in the match, when Atlanta United, I think this was probably like three or four minutes to go, uh, the the center ref saw the ball moving as Atlanta United tried to uh, work quickly from right to left, and they called it. And so, yeah, there, there were uh, there were some remem- uh, reminders from uh, – from the bench about that going back to the three, three goal in the 63rd. But yeah, the, the United, the United bench was screaming that the ball was moving when the Araujo scored the goal that made it three, three. So yes, there was, uh, there was a lot to be discussed, Sean, with the gentlemen who were wearing the yellow jerseys last night. Yeah, it's preseason. Yeah, it's preseason. I know. And uh, a lot of I would folk... invite you to go watch a USL game. Yes. Uh, Coco, the kids have been the biggest hope bringer from the preseason and, uh, and Nick's is, and Michael head and and Jason Nix are are wondering about Jackson Conway. And we've talked about it. This is a prove it year for Joel. This is a prove it year for Jackson Conway, because once again, that backup striker position is there to be had unless, unless at some point you, you feel like you need to bring in a veteran that is, that is Machope Joel Jackson Conway territory. And we've seen Machope play left wing in Chattanooga, and we've seen him play in the middle. And so, it, you know, with Machope and Jackson, it's two different approaches to, to do something. So it is now the door, you know, if, if this is another injury for Machope, this opens the door for Jackson Conway to walk through it. Well, I, see, I still think Jackson's that guy um, as it stands. I think he is the starter. Uh, you know, if if you got to have somebody, you know, in a pinch, I think it's Jackson starting because yeah. what he's what he what he already gives you. He had, um, I think, yeah, Luis almost scored right at the end of the first half. Yes, um, the flick from Jackson to free him up was absolutely insane. Um, it's you got you got to have more of that. Basically, Um, so we'll see. Um, I think he is. If if I got to take one of them, I think he is that guy. 
to yeah. be to be to be starting if it's not going to be Yakumakis. Right. Uh, excuse me. <laughs> but no, it was it was fun to catch up with uh, with Yakumakis last night, and, and and I will say this: you know, we we talk about confidence from from players. He had that aura about him. It was that the the aura of confidence. I mean, literally, he comes walking up, and you could tell he he so is shy. He's that cat, man. I mean, he is that cat. And it was like I said, it was fun to catch up with him and and kind of pick his brain for a couple of minutes just to kind of see what his experiences have been like so far, and you know, if his key card works and things like that. But uh, but no, it was fun to catch up with Yakamakis and Garth Lagerway last night, and. Uh, but no, it was it was a fun broadcast. I know we got we still got a lot of ta- a lot to talk about. We've got to talk about jerseys. We got to talk about other things. And uh, Jarrett turns into a pumpkin, right? Yep, I do. All right, so uh, we we'll still be talking probably by the time your meeting's over. Probably. All right, so we'll see you in a bit. Jarrett Smith, everybody, there for hour number one, and hopefully uh, he'll be returning for hour number two, depending on meetings, depending on the real world, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Airborne DJ, belated happy birthday, by the way, Tom. Uh, Going to take time to get the final 11 all in on the same page, but when they do, yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, Derek Etienne, you're looking uh, at the left-hand side with uh, Etienne and hoping that he can give you some minutes uh, in St. Louis against St. Louis City SC on the weekend and then hope that he can uh, give you some uh, more minutes as well in the match against San Jose and have him get up to full song. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And uh, you're also, you know, you're not going to have the services of Santi Sosa because of suspension. You're not going to have him for the San Jose match or the Toronto match. And that was another reason last night that you had in the first 45, you had that that midfield pairing of uh, Hasechu and Ibarra. And uh, so Hasechu and Ibarra with uh, Almada. So it'll be, and that was the other thing. It's like that. And I know that you guys have mentioned it in the Twitch pitch about, you know, making sure that you got to protect the world cup champ. He was getting, he was getting hacked. They had him, they had him in the John Nelson spot shadow without any question whatsoever. And uh, they finally got around to, to blowing the whistle and making some foul calls. Uh, Sam, yeah, to your point, yes, need to get Luke on a homegrown deal. A S A P. Uh, Michael uh, wants to know if the starting center backs for Toluca were wearing uh, triple numbers. Uh, they they were, but once again, remember that they're they are they are in midseason form, regardless of what the number is. They've played 
an apertura. They are in the clausura. So they then they also know what Nacho Ambriz wants from them. So it's like you've got a team that is in midseason form, regardless of what the number is on the back, going up against guys who are still in preseason. And, you know, as, as I talked to uh, Gonzalo Pineda before the match, it was, you know, it's a delicate dance you've got. You've got a cup at you've got a cup at stake. You're still trying to figure out certain things, and then you're also you know it's like you're gonna play two separate elevens. You're gonna have young guys coming in in the second forty-five, and uh, I will continue to give that second group a boatload of credit. But yeah, you had a team in Toluca who's sixth in Liga MX, and they were saving some of their other players, they were saving a lot of their, their first teamers like Sam Betso for the second 45. And, but they did start a lot of first teamers and, and uh, more than uh, Jason had anticipated as he was going over the starting 11, but Bofo Sacedo and uh, you know him from his time out West. Uh, fantastic goal for uh, fantastic goal for Toluca last night. So it was good to see, like I said, it was good to see uh, everybody who showed up last night, for AmFam Cup 2 Electric Boogaloo. And, uh, you know, so it was, uh, like I said, we got plenty to talk about. And thanks to everybody who's here in the Twitch pitch this morning. Uh, Will not high on the midfield. Uh, a lot of comments about his Setu and Ibarra. Uh, Alex, Tyler is, I think Tyler was still trying to, Tyler was with the U20s. And now it's just a matter of him getting integrated and, you know, getting to full song from an Atlanta United perspective. So uh, we'll keep an eye on Tyler Wolf. Tyler Wolf might be a part of the discussion when it comes to the midfield and what you're, uh, what you're looking for. Uh, Michael, obviously midfield's your biggest concern. Uh, you know, we had lasers and smoke and fire. Absolutely. And yes, will with the public service announcement today. Uh, for those uh, who are in our footprint here in the southeast, just be safe today because it's going to be a bad weather day. And uh, just make sure that all of you are safe and looking an eye on uh, uh, each other. Uh, don't think Eric Lopez is back, Sam. Uh, I don't think he's back. I haven't heard anything about Eric Lopez being back. Uh, Will, wanting to know, how long the visa process will take for Yakamakis and Luis Abram. No idea. It is up to the mercy of the United States government. What you are hoping is that things are more expedient now since you are not in a COVID-dictated environment. And you're hoping that you can have them available for San Jose. But the bottom line is none of us know. The only ones who know are the guys and girls that put the work visas together and uh, get that paperwork appropriately stamped and sent to the uh, Atlanta United offices. So no idea is the short answer, Will. In a perfect world, yes, you have them available for San Jose and your striker in that match, the guy in the middle, is going to be Yakamakis, and you will see how Luis Abram uh, integrates and how long it would take for him to be a part of the process, too, at the back. So when it comes to visas, no idea. That is a government question. So uh, if you would uh, please 
uh, wave a flag or, or send uh, send a, a nice correspondence. Be nice. Uh, perhaps asking, you know, something like that. But yeah, visa process is up to the government. Uh, that is not that Atlanta United and their wizards of paperwork can file all the paperwork they want and they can do it as quickly and as expediently as possible. But it's the U.S. government that is the, the group that's going to sit there and, and sit there and go, OK, stamp, you're good to go. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Getting the king cake education in at the bottom of the hour. So that was uh, uh, that was that was fun. So, Michael Head, I did not know this, that Mobile has the oldest Mardi Gras in the United States. I did not know that. Of course, uh, there are a lot of things about partying that I really don't know. I'm not much of a partier. Uh, Burned, public service announcement. Something like a king cake is eaten in Spain and Latin America for January 6th. Dia de los Reyes. And also has a baby in the cake. Ah, now we know Now we know the rub. Bam has Fridays off work so he can stay up late. Now we know the rest of the story. Um <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, now, like I said, now I'm catching up on comments. Yeah, Sam, it was not eating babies down here. Um, and, and Bam, once again, remember it's a preseason game, nothing that important. Um, and uh, Jared answered the question about who do you bake in the cake. Um, yes, Sam, excellent point. Redheads do really good for Atlanta United in the midfield. Absolutely true. And, uh, yes, Kefsi, I was also ready for David Mejia to hit an absolute banger from, say, 22 or do something off a set piece uh, to win it last night. But, yeah, great for Luke. Luke great for Luke Brennan and great for uh, Johnny Fortune. And uh, so that would be that'd be good to see. 5-8-1-19 for, uh, for Carlton, allegedly. Um, yeah. And uh, Kefsi, uh, they rotated opposite hours, but the last match for Cruz Azul score in late. And yes, Alex, you are tr- that is absolutely correct. That David Mejia does bear a passing resemblance to Jack White. Absolutely true. Uh, Nick's with the question. Who else going to the block party? What time are you getting there? So that's another public service this morning. Jason Nick's asking about the block party. Um, so who's going when you get in there? Uh, Michael. Michael remembers uh, the conversation with Burned. Remember when Andrew, Andrew was up and the rumor was that his younger brother was going to be better. Ricky Ricardo, a thumbs up for uh, Luke Brennan as well. Burned, I think Allen could overcome his lack of athleticism with Sparks technique and a fully professional soccer education. Andrew couldn't, too slow, and a total lack of quickness and lacking the uh, professionalism. Uh, Wiley. She had half the hope that so many people seemed to have sat in your seats last night and couldn't muster up any enthusiasm. Tired of what ifs and maybe and could have been, maybe someday we'll be good again. Just Wiley, it's preseason. It's just preseason. So, and remember, remember everything from last year. You're getting folks back. Brad coming back. Miles coming back. Ozzy coming back. You're adding Derek Etienne. So, I mean, in a in a perfect world, hundred percent healthy. If you go to 4-3-3, it's Brad, left to right, Andrew Gutman. Then you have Miles, Purata, Brooks Lennon. Midfield, when Santi Sosa comes back healthy, Sosa, Pasechu Oribara, Tiago Almada. Up top, Etienne, Yakamakis, Aruju. There you go. So that's 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 when you're getting 100%. Everybody's getting to full song, but that's your that's your starting 11. 
that you didn't have last year for a lot of different reasons, folks being in other places and folks being injured. So um, also on the board this morning, uh, Will convinced Allen works harder than Andrew because he's seen what his brother did wrong and is like, nope. I think Andrew was more naturally gifted, but Allen hustles that much more. And, and that's the and that's the first thing that you, you look at is with Allen Carlton, Allen just literally he'll come storming in. And like I said, he's got some sandpaper in him. He's not going to take anything from anybody. And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you in, in game situations. Folks look at, at, at somebody like Alan Carlton, and they go, "Oh, skinny kid, five seven, five eight, buck twenty. Yeah, we got that." And then Alan, or whomever we're talking about in this situation, but specifically somebody like Alan Carlton, he's he's going to come after you, and you got to love that. You love that in a player where. You know, somebody, some older players probably underestimating the ever-loving daylights out of Alan Carlton. And Alan Carlton's like, yeah, okay, fine. I'll go through you. I'm going to, I'll stick in there. I'll stick into a tackle. I got the ball. I'll go through you. I'll, you know, help work everything down into the attacking third. No, I mean, I love what I'm seeing from Alan Carlton. Uh, also, uh, I think Michael, talking about the uh, the gentleman in the yellow jerseys, I think they were collegiate officials. Uh, they. Uh, yeah, they, I don't, they, they were not, I don't think they were pro cause I didn't see the, the pro badges, but I think they were collegiate officials. Uh, so you've got that, uh, with, uh, with, uh, the officials last night, uh, Wiley, you start, you start, uh, you start caring, uh, when they count for real. And that's San Jose on the 25th. Um, let's see, Coco. Uh, now we've been, uh, yeah, you've been saying it for a couple of years, but once again, just remember we're in preseason. It's another year. Uh, also, uh, BAM public service for Australia, Melbourne Derby this weekend. We've seen some new chance for the game. Uh, do not know what Ozzy's timeline is burned. Do not know. Uh, but obviously, you know, we'll keep an eye on, on Ozzy Alonzo. And if we hear anything, obviously we'll let you know. Uh, also, uh, yes, Rich, you should, you should. I didn't know that it was trending. I didn't know that hashtag bring back Tata was trending. I did not see that at all last night. Of course, my phone was charging most of the evening and I was running around from sideline to studio space, but, um, uh, but no, I did not see that trending at all. And I thought Tata was being considered for leads. That was the last thing that I saw with Tata Martino. Uh, how long do you think it would take to have Etienne play 75 to 90 consistently? It's a good question. I think a lot of it's gonna. I think a lot of it's gonna start from what happens Monday through Friday, and then I think that if you if you extrapolate, and like I said, this is just thinking out loud, Emilio. Um, if he comes in as a substitute for St. Louis, say, and he comes in and give you, gives you some minutes against San Jose in the second half, maybe Toronto? I don't know. Like I said, it's just it's something that's going to be dictated by what happens Monday through Friday. But that, like I said, that's just an, an extrapolation that had no basis in fact whatsoever. So Toronto, perhaps? Don't know. Uh, also, 
uh, on the board. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Will <laughs> calling a foul on everybody about the officials, calling a foul on everybody wearing a Miami Joseph kit in the Benz last night. Did not, did not see that. Um, also on the board, let's see what we got to talk about. Um, okay. So reporting that somebody was, somebody's back. Let me see, uh, what Doug had to say, uh, a little after. So eight minutes ago on the Twitters, Doug Robertson at the AJC, as things continue to load. Uh, Eric Lopez has rejoined Atlanta United. TBD, if you'll be with the first team of the twos. Okay. Thank you for that. Good to know. Uh, and joining us for our number two, ladies and gentlemen, is Nick Alifi. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, so uh, thoughts about last night, sir. Uh, you had the, the opportunity to, I guess, uh, watch locally on the telly. So what did you think? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. One, one, it was delightful to be able to watch it locally on the telly. Yes. Uh, that is. I will. Uh, it, it was, it was great to hear Mike and, and Jason on yes. the television. I think that was wonderful. I, Absolutely. you know, just put it out there. Apple, Apple. Apple. <laughs> yeah, really? No mm. kidding. And this is the other thing quickly that I don't know. I've seen no indication, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there are going to be any sideline reporters for a season pass. Uh, we I need them. I haven't seen any notification whatsoever about, uh, about uh, sideline reporters for season pass. I don't know if that means that head coaches or individuals who are going to be interviewed at the half are going to be wearing headsets and just talking to play-by-play in color that way or not. I don't know how they're going to handle the interviews and all the comments and all the the stuff that you can glean from a third person in the booth. I haven't seen anything about it. Yeah, I I think we've sort of taken the sideline reporter for granted uh, over the years um, as as we kind of get into – you know, different ideas of, of what a sideline reporter should be. But I think time and time again, we've seen uh, where sideline reporters can really give you a heads up as to what's going on in a game, the game flow, sort of the mentality of, of the, the coach, the manager. I, I hope, I really hope they don't get rid of that. I, I just, you know. Well, and I think that, and speaking as someone with that kind of experience, hmm. Uh, as a sideline reporter, indeed, slash field anchor, if you integrate that individual as that third voice, and they're not there just as a sideline reporter, mm-hmm. where it's just like you're there for interviewing, interviewing coach, interviewing coach, interviewing player post game, and you're done. If you integrate that individual as a third voice, where they are chasing after news, they're chasing after information, they're letting you know what's going on. Uh, in discussions with coaches and players, those kinds of things, that can be beneficial, because if you're if you're just there to stick a mic in somebody's face, do two questions, and you're done, that's not doing it. That's that is doing the job a disservice. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot of work on the sidelines that it's outside of just sticking a mic in somebody's face. And I think that if you do not have that individual on the sidelines, you lose that informational capability. And I think that that's yeah, and bam, right on. Sideline reporters sitting next to the benches hear things that other people don't. Yes. Like last night, and I was saying in that goal that made it 3-3. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. The coaching staff for Atlanta United was elevated voices with mm-hmm. the officials about the ball rolling to start the play. And that's a no-no. The officials didn't catch it. The coaching staff was staring right at it. I got the confirmation on that on Gonzalo Pineda. That kind of information you don't get if you're just in the booth mm-hmm. and don't have that individual downstairs. Right. So you miss out on a lot by not having somebody there. So we'll see. But I think it also and, – and, and here we go derailing things. Um, wrong with that? But, but – it goes to a larger issue that I have with sports broadcasting, which is we've been dumbing it down so much mm-hmm. as of late where, Absolutely. you know, and, and there, there are some people who you would think don't necessarily belong on a sideline. And I guarantee you, they absolutely do. Uh, when I was at NCA.com, Kaylee Hartung, who's now with the, who works uh, NFL with uh, Amazon you know, she's obviously very pretty, um, but that's what surface level people look at. And they say, oh, it's another sideline Barbie. Let me tell you something. I, I don't think I have met very, I, I, I would say less than maybe three or four sideline reporters who were more prepared than Kaylee Hartung was. Uh, we covered uh, we covered lacrosse division three through division one, uh, the championships up in New England up in Foxborough and she had details on all the division three teams, all the way up to division one storylines, everything. What she brought to our programming Mm -hmm. was mission critical. I I can't even begin to tell you what the, the questions that she was able to ask uh, at, at half the questions that she was able to ask in post game, by being there on the sidelines, getting the vibe, getting the energy, overhearing things, and, and with laser sharp focus uh, it, on on potential injuries, everything it, I it, it was invaluable, and that's why she's working NFL with Amazon today. Because I mean, let me tell you, what, she she was like a, a freelance reporter whenever she was working with us. And climbed the ladder exceptionally well through skill and ingenuity, okay? The dumbing down of sports that we see, and yes, uh, Mr. Ransom, the dumbing down of soccer coverage, yeah. There's this, this conundrum that 
producers keep running into, and it's really it's high soups and it's high soups and executive producers, where they say, "Well, we have more casual fans coming into a sport, so we need to dumb down, we need to re- reduce the esoteric to to keep these people in the loop." And I'm sorry, you don't, you don't. People are very smart. When they, I I know people. Are, you take your audience for granted, I think. Yeah. By dumbing your coverage down. You do. And you take out a lot of the things that make the sport interesting that, that really, you know, people say, oh, well, soccer is, uh, you know, it's, it's a bunch of people running around chasing a ball and it's just, you know, flare and flopping. And uh, no, it's not. Like when you start talking about, you know, especially on the defensive side, assignments, you know, gap coverage. Uh, who's picking up uh, which 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 runner? Who's picking up? Uh, you know who's, who's watching this space? Who's going to carry the overlap? You know, I, it, it's there's so much to consider, mm-hmm. and if you don't have someone who can articulate these things, you uh, it, then it does become just you know twenty two dudes running around chasing a ball. It it we have to. That's one of the great things about what Madden brought to the booth was Madden would sit there and be like, oh, yeah, so you got the gap assignment right here, and he's going to shoot the two-gap. This right here is the two-gap. And boom, you know, yeah, Brett Favre down the, you know, taking money out of the welfare kids, and boom, down the field he goes. So it, it, it you know, it you have to, you you have to make sure that with new fans, you don't feel like you're gatekeeping them. I understand that, but at the same time, you must do the sport justice. Mm -hmm. And part of doing the sport justice is having not sideline Barbies, not sideline Ken, but having sideline reporters, people who are versed in the art of reporting and sports coverage, people who are versed in the art of storytelling down there on the sideline. And, and, and John, I, it terrifies me the day you say that you're done doing it because I, I, it does. I, and I'm not saying this just because we're on the same show. Yeah. I, I'm saying it because it's true. We are running out of people who understand the art of broadcast. It, it, and I promise you it's an art. We're, you know, we, our back channel, uh, our production thread, uh, we were talking about this during the Super Bowl, where at one point you could tell that they were running over on a segment, and they did the old 1980s zoom through yeah. the uh, the reporters in the booth down to midfield, and and it was so simple and so brilliant because it, it showcased knowledge of the past with and and how that could play into something current and new and still work beautifully. There, there's an art to this that I think gets taken for granted. And if you ever get a chance for anybody out there listening, go to the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. Yes, uh, which is uh, which is magnificent. And if you're a veteran, you get in for free, which I think is just amazing. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but they have a booth there where you get to call. It's it's college football plays, and you know, like they have Oklahoma, Boise State with the uh, with the Statue of Liberty and yep. or the Hook and Ladder. Um, so, you know, Jack, my son, got in the booth and got a chance to call it. And it was like, 
you know, mind bending to him that you have to think of all this stuff to say mm-hmm. and fire it out smoothly without stuttering, without stammering and just to call it. Yeah. And I think the further we get from having educated, knowledgeable people on the sideline and just in turn here, hand the coach, the, or the manager, the headphones to put on, um, you, you know, you're losing it because there's that psychological buffer there when you have the reporter, which is I'm not letting you leave until you answer this question. And if I need to run with you to the locker room to get it, I'm going to get it Yeah. as to where the coach go, okay, I got to go headphones off and they're running. Mm-hmm. There's a bit of information that you may need to get there. Even if it's out of Nick Saban. Right. And I watched Kaylee Hartung go toe to toe with Nick Saban. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, she's like four eleven you know, brunette fury had no problems taking on Nick Saban and Nick said, oh, I thought there was only going to be three questions. She went right at him. Didn't care. And, and so we need people who are educated and, and knowledgeable in the art to be on the sideline. I hope to God they don't get away with this. I'm done with my rant. <laughs> Not the, hey, no, that's what, that's what we're all about. Coco's been on, on a roll at the athletic soccer show. Mm. Did an interview with Rebecca Lowe about this. Lowe says they make sure to toe the line between bringing along the new fans and still entertaining the more experienced viewers for their EPL coverage. She says, meaning Lowe, that the phrase, as you may know, is invaluable for this because it doesn't dumb down the history of the sport for people who do know it and helps fill in people who don't know the history of the sport. And that's part of it, too, is your phraseology and how Mm -hmm. you carry yourself. You cannot sit there and, and act as if, I know the information. You should know the information. I'm not going to share it with you. That kind of a vibe and that kind of an aura and that kind of presentation is mm-hmm. found out early. Yep. And it turns viewers off. Mm-hmm. And you cannot have that if, like, you know, like we do here, and there are other shows that do the same thing that want to bring in an audience, want to embrace the audience regardless of the level of knowledge they may have. Right. And bring everyone forward because just because you may know more or less than someone, also you may not know the same pieces of information. The person who may know less about a topic may know more about something else than the individual who knows more about the sport going into a conversation. So you have to treat everyone equally here when you're discussing something because some folks may know it, some folks may not, and the folks who know less may know more about a particular topic. Nick's. Mm-hmm. That's why I hate some players seem to get a fast lane to broadcasting. Yes, being a player can add to the coverage, but broadcasting is so much more than knowing the game. Yes. At the same time, Jason, there is faith in that the individual will get it. You want to bring that individual in because of their knowledge base and let them get to TV. You look at a guy like Greg Olson. Olson would be my example here. Olson had no broadcast experience. Going into, and if he did, it was, you know, while he was injured and it was limited. But when he retired, he did not have the consistent broadcasting knowledge base. But you pair him with Kevin Burkhart, mm-hmm. and Burkhart brings Olsen along. Yep. Olsen in the Super Bowl with Burkhart was solid. Yes. He explained what was going on, especially on the play that was used on opposite sides of the field mm-hmm. that drew the Eagles away for two touchdowns. Yep. 
Olsen can explain something in a situation that, once again, brings folks along. He's got that the football fan that knows, but the, the stuff that Olsen knows, he knows because he was a player, it's the translation into a broadcast medium of, of, of explaining why he knows it and why this is important that you hope you can bring along for someone who doesn't have a lot of experience. You pair him with Kevin Burkhart. You see why mm-hmm. it's, and you, I wish to God, I could remember who the analyst was. It was when the Miami dolphins had Ronnie Brown and they were running the wildcat. Uh-huh. Right. And, and they were like, Oh, here comes that, uh, what they're calling the wildcat formation. And then, the the analyst says, well, actually, it's a variant of the old wing T offense, and and if in the old wing T, you would have this and this and this, and they're drawing this out, and the you know the, the player would do X and Y, and the fact that they took just ten or fifteen seconds to explain wing T, yeah, the concept of it, and how it, it the old becomes new again, yes, just was just just illuminating. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, when you, there was an instance, and we and we talked about it in the production chain. When you saw the T formation being brought out. Yes. And some of us knew it. Mm-hmm. And apparently not everyone on the broadcast did. Right. Because we're screaming at each other. And this, like I said, I'm breaking the fourth wall in our production chain. In our production chain, we saw the, the T formation, not wing T, the T formation. Mm-hmm. Quarterback, three running backs lined up. Yep. At- <laughs> It was oh, no, it was it was the Jags game. It was the Jags game with Etienne on the run that was on the fourth down that gave them the first down that uh, solidified the win. Mm-hmm. It was in that game late when the Jags were in the T formation against the Chargers and they ended up you know getting the game winning field goal. We saw the T formation. We knew it immediately. Disappointed that the broadcasters didn't pick it up or didn't explain it well enough mm-hmm. for folks to sit there and go, that's a throwback. And they took a variant of the T formation, giving it to the X back Etienne, and having him go wide, right? Those kinds of things, regardless of the sport you're talking about can bring more folks into the tent. Yes. By explaining the past and bringing it forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nick's uh, – we got Manning cast comments. Uh, let's see. Uh, I, 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 regarding the Manning cast, yeah. Dr. Wifey, that's the only way she'll watch Monday Night Football I do is, the, is the Manning cast yeah. because it's an, there's enough hilarity between the brothers and whichever guest they bring in and the ridiculous knowledge that those two have. And, and, it, and it just provides that – enough of the nerd yeah to to be like hey no no let's explain what's happening here this is why you need to have some you know this concept works here because they're trying to exploit this particular gap in coverage or they're trying to draw the you know the safety down in order to get this matchup over here and and you know dr wifey who you know refers to sports ball if it's not uga (laughs) playing it's sports ball um you know it's it's there and and they don't hide the esoteric they they put it right in the front and say yeah we're both we're all nerds here right you know we're we're just two brothers watching a game picking on each other and then picking on our guest uh you know that to me is is the perfect blend of of having it accessible yeah yet 
it doesn't lose intelligence in the process. Yeah, and I'm the I'm the same way. Uh, boss and I watch Manning Cast. We don't watch uh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. No, we, get it, no. we get it differently. Uh, Ricky Olson's going to be getting a pay cut when Brady comes. I would have give Fox the finger. Allegedly, uh, he's making ten when Brady comes in, which I still don't think is going to happen. Uh, Olson's going to go from ten to three, uh, and that's but that's still a lot of zeros to the to the right of that number. Uh, Airborne DJ to Knicks. A lot of folks think just because they watch a lot of sports or know a lot, they can do sports talk. The answer is uh, LOL. Nope. No, no, it's not. Uh, you. You'll have guys who can understand, um, you know, all the permutations behind a a guard pull, right? Mm -hmm. They can explain uh, how you pull the guard, the the hand and arm technique, the 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 footing necessary to to execute it well, and be completely terrible (laughs) in in explaining it. Because it's something that they've just done intrinsically for so long. And you can have somebody who's never done a guard pull in their damn life, but can explain it to the letter. Yeah. Because it's something they've studied and reviewed over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, Uncle, uh, discussing our production thread. Watch some Ivy League if you want some strange football formations and plays. Weird... um, uh, Uncle, I got a, a weird one for you. When we were covering, again at NCA.com, we were up in New England and we were covering uh, squash. Oh, boy. Right? And so it, I want to say, it was, was it Providence? I'm trying to remember who it was uh, that, that, we were, that we were covering. And they were on like the longest win streak in college athletics, right? It, it, it was a squash team. And the guy, look, the, the, the coach for the team was very kind, very sweet guy. Had a complete racket going because he was also the U.S. men's national squash team coach. So he Yale, could coach. Yale defeated Trinity in men's squash. Trinity. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Longest in college sports history at 252. There you go. So we were covering Trinity. And the only way we could make the schedules line up was if we went to Brown to cover them. So we go to Brown's campus, which is just, oh, good God, it's gorgeous. Yep, been and, there. And, the, uh, and the, the chancellor was kind enough to allow us to use, he said, the Brown facilities are yours. Go wherever you need. Shoot whatever you like. Just please be kind enough to mention that that Brown was you know helpful in, in in this endeavor. Great. We go in through the office, and they have two glass cases in the reception area with footballs going all the way back 
to the beginning of the program. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they're giant, man. There's these giant, like old school leather, you know, old schools, hand stitched footballs. And they had the dates written on them and the games. Oh my, if you are any sort of sports nerd, it was just, it was heaven. It was absolute heaven. And and of course, the brown people could not have been more friendly and kind to us in the process, especially as, as you know, I, I sat there just nerding out in front of these glass <laughs> cases. So, yeah, it was, it was yeah, Ivy League, they, they, Ivy League gets a bad rap for some obvious reasons. But at the same time, yeah, it, it is a, it is a, a, a pocket of just weird absurdity. If, uh, if you can, if you can break the wall down. I stiff armed a Dartmouth running back on consecutive plays while I was shooting a game at Brown. There you go. When I was in Providence, Rhode Island, you can see, uh, yeah. Story time with John shooting, you know, the, I, I had, uh, and this is to tell you how long ago it was. I had a super VHS camera shooting the Ooh. game video and it was, uh, in my right hand. And this was before the days where you had the, uh, the long white stripe to, mm-hmm. to, or you couldn't, you could go right up to the, the sideline and, and, sh- and shoot video. And so I'm right on the sideline and it's probably like the 20, 25 yard line of Brown as Dartmouth is driving. They pull student body left. They're coming right at me. And so I'm shooting the play and kids coming right at me. You look in the video and I wish I still had it. I probably still do on a, on a tape someplace, but you see my left hand enter the frame and stiff arm the guy as he's coming out of bounds, his helmet hits my left hand. He dropped. Wow. And that was the first play. And so, you know, and I'm like, oh, so literally I'm shooting it. You see my left hand kind of push into frame low left, and I stiff arm the Dartmouth running back, and he falls out of bounds. Second time, they called student body left again. He bounces. Same thing happens again. Same thing happened for the second play in a row. Shooting, hand comes into frame, stiff armed me, and I swear to God, after that second play, the kid looked up at me and was like, dude. <laughs> The coach is over there like, I need to know who that cameraman is. Please get him over here in a uniform immediately. Exactly. <laughs> and he did sound like Terrence and Phillip, by the way. Uh, yeah, so, and Coco about the Manning cast, the insane knowledge of those two, meaning uh, Peyton and Eli, and now they've got a youngling they brought up in this. Art should be miles ahead in his analysis of the game. Maybe he will be. No clue yet. That'll be fun to find out. Uh, mentioning sports talk, the real test is if, if you can do sports talk, can you talk about it in a solo monologue for 45 minutes? If not, it may be for you. Coco heard that from uh, the herd for what it's worth. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with enjoying the sound of your own voice, but that's mm. just uh, Tom Russo. Uh, you'll never get 45. Can you get from commercial break to commercial break? Because that's the whole intent. Get people to stick around through the ads. Most of it, uh, as Tom says, it's like 16 to 18 minutes. And can you go straight through with one coherent thought? It is harder than most people think, Coco says. Coco's got to write lectures for 65 or 75 minutes by comparison. So Coco can full, can fill four segments with a lecture in Sports Talk Radio. Well, it, it, you know, and the art of the tease, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you take it all the way up. You, you have to have your story get right 
like right to the clo- uh, right to the edge of the, uh, the the mountain peak, and then oh, we got to go to commercial. We're gonna finish it when we get right back here in two minutes. Uh, I'm gonna finish the story. We'll see you right back in that, and you're out, right? Yeah. And then come right in. All right. So where were we? Mm-hmm. Okay. I pick it right back up. Yeah, we're gonna pick it right back up here. Okay. So I'm on the sideline, right? And the yes. Dartmouth running back, you know, and and so <laughs> and that. There the, again the art to the story. Yeah, it, it it's it's just unbelievable. I I when I worked in radio, uh, I would I would go in with the camera and I would I would post up, and there was this one host, this one DJ who I had like she and I just butted heads. I think it was just personality wise. Yeah, and and what what was the most challenging part of it was she had been a hero of mine. And this is one of those things where it's never meet your heroes (laughs) because in in person it was like, yeah, I'm not going to remember your name for, you know, for six months just because there's too many people to go in and out of here, which I thought was one of the most clownish things that I'd ever been told in my life. But she was a wizard when it came to the art of broadcasting. And she knew how to get a story and get right to the climax, right at the commercial break, to keep you right there hanging on, come right out of the commercial break. The payoff is there. And, you know, the, the, I, I could find very few people who did it better than she did. And it, it is, if you can master the art of timing, if you can master the art of, of, of reaching back into uh, the recesses of the me- of the mind and the memory, and weaving that tapestry. Yeah, baby, you can do it. You you can you can do big big things with that. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a delight when you watch someone who knows what they're doing. And I'm not claiming I do, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it when you watch someone who is really good. And I think Conti is unbelievable. I mean, for his days from calling hockey, I think he's really good with it. Oh yeah. And and, and Conti, uh, I think, is somebody who, if you watch him do it, it's like, good God, the, the mental clock that's running. And, and I've seen you do it too. The mental clock is just spectacular, and, and it's just something that happens over time and learning. And it's yeah. Awesome. And, well, and that's and the thing that you learn is there are people smarter than you. Mm-hmm. And the idea is to set that person up. And what I what I tell what I tell analysts who are with me for the first time, if I'm doing play by play, is I'm going to call the play. When the play's over, I'm going to shut up so you can talk. And that's basically what I tell them. I said, just go. Just I'm going to shut up. You talk. I describe the play. Play is over. I may look at them or whatever, unless mm-hmm. I have with that individual. Play's over. Talk. Not about me, not about me at all. So, you know, you 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 know more about this than I do. Run. Well, that's that's why when I talk to people, and they find out, I'm you know that that you and I are are, are friends, and and that uh, we you know we also do this kind of shenanigan stuff. Yes. From time to time, they're like, "Oh, you're working with Nelly, dude. Mm. Oh, what a legend! What a legend!" 
Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm telling you, it happens. But as far as what Jason's talking about here, uh, Bally's missing the yeah, 104. They, they skip the payment, and it's 140. Yeah, so uh, it, that's it's their parent company, Sinclair, that really Oof. made life extraordinarily difficult, played uh, hardball tactics yeah. from any sort of negotiation on any of the major streaming outlets, thinking they could do it all on their own. And then they completely misread the appetite for signing up for additional streaming services. Well, when you charge $11 billion a month yes, for the streaming service, you've misjudged your market value and mm. misjudged what you thought you could extract from the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And look, they had, they had United, they had Hawks, they had Braves. And they're still going to miss all the college stuff. Oh yeah. All the college stuff. And that was just Atlanta. Right. So, I mean, I mean, spread that out nationwide and they're still going under. Mm I I mean, we see this not just in the broadcasting world. We see this as well in the sports world now as well with, uh, with, you know, these teams like Barcelona and these, a lot of these other, organizations where it's like, well, how the hell are you in financial trouble? Uh-huh. Like, how, how is this? Because as rich as you think someone is, as powerful as you think someone is, the, 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 the levers of, of ruin are just, just a hair's breadth away. Mm-hmm. No matter what, no matter what your economic status is, because it's either your business practices have made a lot of enemies <laughs> or uh, you are not running as flush of an operation as you have projected uh, yourself to be doing. Yep. Or <laughs> you're a, a, just an all star team of idiots. <laughs> Sometimes it's a combination of all of all of the above. Yeah. And in this case, you have just terrible business practices that made a lot of enemies. Uh, You have organizations that have the ability to run their own broadcast and or finance their own, Uh, like major league baseball can sit there and say, Oh yeah, well we got MLB network. We can just take our stuff over there if we have to and figure out distribution. You're going to get major league baseball is probably going to pull the rights back from diamond sports group and deal with it on their own. Uh, for those that don't know, here, here's the deal. From Bloomberg, Diamond is, you know, and this is dated, but they, I'll, I'll update it for tense. Diamond skips an interest payment of $140 million due in February, which results in a 30-day grace period and could lead to restructuring and Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, Sinclair is likely to skip. So a stark divide from Bloomberg is emerging between would-be winners and losers. It's $630 million first lien loan is trading at 92 cents on the dollar, while nearly $5 billion of lower-ranked bonds change hands for under 10 cents, signaling a near-total wipeout for subordinated creditors. The restructuring plan favored by many creditors and the company itself would see the largest lenders becoming owners, turning much of its debt into equity, through a prearranged Chapter 11 process, and this is from Bloomberg, according to people with knowledge of the matter who declined to be identified, citing the private nature of the talks. 
As for rights fees from uh, our friends at Awful Announcing, still uncertain whether or not they'll be withheld after the declaration of bankruptcy or if Diamond will, enter con- will end contracts signed with the team in a bankruptcy. Diamond would have the option of ending contracts with teams, potential, and this is Bloomberg, Bloomberg's wording, potentially cutting off crucial industry revenue while also allowing teams to reclaim their media rights. The company could also halt payments to the teams while keeping the contracts in place. If a deal isn't reached, both MLB and creditors are preparing for baseball teams not to be paid, according to two people. Another person familiar with the matter downplayed the prospect Diamond would discontinue rights payments in a bankruptcy, adding that the company is open to bringing in teams and leagues as equity partners in any restructured entity. Uh, Over the summer, a report about a potential Chapter 11 bankruptcy stated uh, Diamond would likely not be required to make ongoing post-petition payments to counterparties under the rights contracts until either the assumption of a particular contract, at which time Diamond would be obligated to cure any past defaults, including non-payment or confirmation of a plan, at which time the counterparty would be entitled to payment and full administrative expense claim for post-petition value provided by the debtors, meaning the company could continue airing games without paying teams. Might not be a huge deal if a bankruptcy is resolved by the summer, as Bloomberg report mentions, but will be a very big problem if it stretches out longer. So Sinclair, I think it, what, I'm trying to look at the, I'm trying to find the original number that, that Sinclair slash Diamond paid. And it's an $8.6 billion debt restructuring. And if I'm not mistaken, they paid $10 billion, I think, for the RSNs. And they were underwater initially by about $7 billion. I mean, this was a mess. And it still is. Um, so you're looking at just... Oh, and uh, the reason that... Uh, and, uh, congratulations to Brandon Godin, by the way, who returns from his time at Georgia Tech to be the new voice of uh, Braves baseball. But for Bally to continue to hire people, I know that was a question in the Twitch pitch, it's based on revenue, and it's a, t- it's a team hire. They're hired by the team, not by Diamond. So Brandon Godin becomes, uh, a t- I guess, a 1099 for the Braves or salaried employee for the Braves if he does it full-time, and they let him do other things, uh, you know, if he's working college football or basketball or anything like that. So he's a Braves employee if I understand it correctly in those situations. You work for the Braves. You don't work for Bally. You're just that you're Braves on Bally. And Brandon Godin is uh, now the new uh, now the new voice of uh, Braves baseball. So, uh, yeah, it, it is a mess and a half. And Coco says Chapter 11 is at least the less messy of the bankruptcy filings. Chapter 11 is restructuring, and Chapter 7 is death. Yeah, you don't want Chapter 7. So, oh, and thank you, Ricky, that they that the Braves are letting Brandon do his other gigs. And so that's that's good. So uh, Brandon Godin, multiple paychecks. And knew we get to add the Braves to that mix as well. So, but yeah, the, the purchase of the, uh, the regional sports networks had Sinclair slash Diamond underwater practically immediately. And they have yet to find a way to get out of it. All right, Bam. Take it night, easy, man. Night, Bam. Bam is off to Bam is off tomorrow, which is like this afternoon. So that's why he could hang out with us for most of the show today. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 2.45 in the morning. So uh, enjoy your off day. And uh, thanks for hanging out with us for the first hour and 45 minutes. Uh, who okays the, yeah, who, <laughs> Nick's with the, with the banking question of the day. Who okays these loans and deals? People who want money. People yeah. who are going to get assets in return. Yeah. If, if it, it, whoever um, is so inclined uh, and you have HBO Max, there's a movie called Too Big to Fail. Yes. Um, which showcases the 08 uh, meltdown, economic meltdown. And it's an all-star cast of, of performers in that. It is legitimately one of the most terrifying and infuriating movies I've ever watched in my life. It, it, it is when, when the government's trying to work out, hey, look, how close are we to the edge? And they're like, this is going to make the Great Depression look like, like a Boy Scout convention, right? I mean, it's, it's terrible. Okay, so what do we do? Do we do, um, you know, we can't do, we can't nationalize the banks. That's off the table. Um, we can't just let them fail. And they say, okay, well, we have to do direct cash injection to like inject liquidity into the market and release the levers to allow credit to flow. Um, and so they do this and they lay out the terms to the banks where they say, Hey, look, all of you have to take the bailout because in the, in the minute, you, the minute we have one bank that says, no, we're good, we don't need it, it signals weakness across the system. Uh, and they, the, the CEOs start talking about, well, this doesn't address compensation packages. And they're like, well, the government's like, well, what do you mean? They're like, well, we have to be able to attract and retain talent. And if we don't do that, um, we're going to have a brain drain. And so in the middle, like as the everything is teetering on the edge, as the global economy is about to go into the toilet, uh, they you have people arguing over compensation packages. Yeah. So it, it's I, I too big to fail is the movie. It's absolutely exceptional. I mean, it is mind bending how it played out because it looks like. Oh, everything's going to be okay. And then whoop, it all falls apart. And then we have a potential investor for Bear Stearns. And then the CEO, Dick Fold, completely screws it up. And if, even if you hate James Woods, in this, in this movie, he puts his like absolute genius villain face on. And he's perfect as Dick Fold. So, uh, yeah, by all means, please, please, please check that out. Uh, Coco, I will, uh, I will consider such a thing. I will consider this. Okay, so here's the background. Sinclair bought the regional sports networks, all 19 valleys, for $10.6 billion from Fox in 2019. Obviously, they were rebranded when they got the, the naming deal from Valley for a couple of million, I think, per 
uh, RSN in 2021. So Sinclair buys the regional sports networks for $10.6 billion in 2019. Since then, Sinclair has tried to distance themselves from Diamond as the broadcaster decoupled Diamond's earnings from financial results. So that, uh, that was an interesting play. They curbed their losses and completely just pulled Diamond to the side. And it's like, no, they're different now. They're separate from Sinclair. And so you have to think of this now instead of one entity, but two. Third quarter, Diamond Sports reported a net loss of $1.2 billion. Uh, b- b- billion. Yes. So they've been underwater with this from the – Sinclair has mm-hmm. – from the absolute beginning, and they decided to sit there and split Diamond off knowing that they were hemorrhaging dollars and treat it as a separate entity where I'm fairly certain that they can – that uh, either Diamond will completely write every – well, in, until they declare bankruptcy. They were going to write everything off. Everything was a negative, and so you declare bankruptcy – so Sinclair spins them off, and now they're declaring bankruptcy in Chapter mm-hmm. 11. So that's what yep. you're getting right now with the RSNs. Sinclair saw the writing on the wall. It was hemorrhaging money. They were underwater on it, so they decide to spin it off. And so Sinclair can sit there and say, yeah, we've got uh, record political ad revenue from the second quarter. We're doing great. Sinclair's doing great. Mm-hmm. Don't look at Diamond. Don't look at Diamond because Diamond is Diamond. Diamond's not Sinclair. Diamond is Diamond yep. now. And so that's how they're treating this. And so Diamond is now being put up for Chapter 11 bankruptcy since they're going to skip this $140 million payment for the one. I would like to know where the executives for Diamond end up. Yes. I would like to see how that plays out. <clears throat> because I, I guarantee you they're, they're, uh, they're either very, very beautiful golden diamond bridges right back over to Sinclair waiting on them or these beautiful golden parachutes on standby. Uh, it, it's, it's just mind bending. Yep. It's, it's mind bending. David, it's the, the risk reward argument for investing where the rich people who supposedly accepted risk don't have to pay for their risk or lose their investment. Mm-hmm. Right. Nick right. Is right. Yeah, it is. And, and it, that's one thing on too big to fail that they talk about is they're like, well, this is, you know, this bank's going bankrupt. This bank's going bankrupt. Well, what, don't these guys have insurance for, you know, the toxic assets and they're like, well, yeah. Well, who's the insurer? AIG. Well, what's up with AIG? AIG is going to declare bankruptcy at 3 p.m. today. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? And so, you know, there's there was infinitely more money going out than in. AIG wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't ready to, to handle that. And if we remember around that time period, AIG was the kit sponsor for Manchester United. Um, and so, you know, you went from having AIG everywhere to all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, uh, they may be going under as a result of all this. So it's, look, the system that we are all involved with in, in the sports world, sports, it's the canary in the coal mine. And for those who don't, you know, who are below a certain age, don't understand that reference. In the old days, yes, yes, Coco, yeah. Those bonuses went right out on time and on schedule. Mm-hmm. Got to keep that brain drain from happening. Mm-hmm. Um, in the old days, when when humans were doing a vast majority of the mining, nowadays a lot of it's, it's a lot of it's automated. Um, they 
you would be digging down in the ground and there would occasionally be pockets of gas, right? The toxic gas, natural gas. You can't breathe it. You can't live with it, you know. And by the time humans realized they were being affected, it was too late. Mm -hmm. So they would bring down a small animal in a cage that would be sort of their guide as far as if we look over and the canary is dead, it's time to get out of the mine or the canary or the mouse or the rat or the gerbil or whatever. But the canary was the key that kind of gave you the indicator that something was very, very wrong. And sports, if we look at what's happening, we, you know, you had, you had economic downturn, you had COVID uh, and then you had everything else that could be a global conflict. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have all these teams that are magically on the verge of bankruptcy. Why? What, what was happening? Were they spending money with their eyes closed? Yes. Uh, was there a lot of financial regulation? No. Uh, was, uh, what was the oversight? We deregulated it. Uh, where, what about this? Whatever the reason we discovered that these sports entities were running far thinner margins than we remotely thought they were running. We thought all these businesses were just cash flush and it wasn't the case because they all started running these things like corporate entities, right? And, and just like John talked about where Diamond gets spun off and goes bankrupt and the parent company stays just good and solid and they record profits, baby. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it, it all falls under this pyramid, you know? And, and so we may lose a block or two, but, you know, it, that it, those blocks can be replaced. And, and yeah, Jason, you're right. It, it's what's, you know, it's all advertising right so advertising uh you know media packages media packages are fueled by advertising advertising is 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 uh, built upon consumer spending so you know it's it's a shock to their system not ours because we on the ground floor are already aware of this um that you know the money tightens up for us and then there's an initial we have to increase advertising because we have to convince these people now to go and buy this oh man you can't get blood from a turnip man yeah you know and and so with that ad it, then the ad revenue starts uh slimming down and then the tv revenue packages start slimming down and then people draw the consumers draw a hard line i'm not getting another damn streaming service well okay well now we have to uh, all these downfield adjustments have to be done it, it's it's the, it, it's crazy now uh, you know, what we're seeing where we're giants like AC Milan, uh, that used to be at the tippy top of the world is, you know, no, now they're being run like a, like a, like the athletics, (laughs) you know, it's all money ball, you know, um, enter right. Uh, now that they're largely cut off from major Chinese financing, I, there's always talk of Inter being sold. Um, you had Juve having to do contracts under the table because otherwise, they're, they're, you know, the money wouldn't look remotely right. Uh, you know, you have Fulham now. I, I saw somebody saying this earlier that Fulham and and Forest are spending more than like most La Liga and Serie A clubs. I yeah. mean, it, it, it's 
the money the money is changing in this world in the sports world especially and it's the canary in the coal mine and especially because a lot of the people who are now running these are the the, the presidents of companies like you know Fulham Sports Group right or uh, or Elliot or whoever and and so yeah I think you know David has it right here it's, sports is like real estate everyone keeps saying values will always grow and grow at some point interests shift media companies pay huge money for rights at some point tickets streaming price fo- uh, will price folks out then the process system starts to collapse and reset itself yes yes. We, we are never going to be without professional sports yep. because what happens is the, you know, it, it's, it, the sport goes away, the sport dies. A group of people get together in a playground and start building and, and, and you know, playing and getting really good. And then some kids from another neighborhood come over and then some wise guy puts up a fence and says, okay, I'm going to charge you guys a nickel to get in. And the price is just, the system starts over again. No, Walchar, I'm not ignoring when all the money was in Italy and in Spain. Not at all. If you've, li- if you've listened to the show over time, and what I actually just said was there was a time when, when AC Milan was at the tippy top, was my exact words. The tippy top. They were at the top. Why? Because Berlusconi was just, he had the Scrooge McDuck money bin <laughs> pouring into the team. Did the, the revenues from gate sales and television remotely match that spend? No, it did not. Not at all. Uh, Moratti for Inter, when he owned the team, dumping money, 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 money into the, into the team. Did the, the revenues remotely make up for it? No, it did not. So Juve, Agnelli, dumping, dumping, dumping cash. Again, the money didn't match, okay? So when Financial Fair Play came in and said, hey, these books have to balance, Serie A and La Liga were like, done. They knew it. Mm-hmm. They knew it. They, they, they knew that they were dead in the water. So no, Walchar, I'm afraid I must push back and say ignoring when all the money was in Italy and Spain. I'm absolutely not. If you had heard what I was saying, you would hear that I had said Milan was at the tippy top. Now they are not, and now I have clearly explained why that is. So if you if you want to go to sleep, go to sleep. But Chara, I, I love you. I hope you're doing well. I really do. All right. Uh, before we go, gossip, rumor, and innuendo, and matches to watch today. Uh, gossip, rumor, and innuendo. Things left unsaid. Hey, I ask, and uh, I'll see if this surprises you. Hmm. Uh, from the Parisian. Chelsea owner Todd Bowley's met with PSG president Nasser Al-Khalifi in Paris to discuss a possible summer transfer move for Neymar. Oh. Why the hell not? You want to talk about somebody who's spending money like it's out of style. You want Scrooge McDuck money, Ben? Right now it's Bowley, clearly. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Neymar – I think this would be good for Neymar. I, I, I You're not – you're not getting tested at PSG outside of uh, outside of Champions League. That's their focus. That's what they're all in on, uh, trying to do anything they can to get into the semifinals and or the finals. Um, they've been able to assemble super team after super team, and it hasn't worked. Neymar, uh, the window, it sounds so stupid to say, but the window is closing for Neymar. Uh, his physical health has not 
always been the best, even if we take out the, the mandatory vacation time that seems to happen, uh, you know, around this time of year. Ow, my arm. Ow, yeah. oh, oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah, my spleen. Um, so I, I think that going to – if he goes to, to Chelsea, which, uh, okay, I guess, <laughs> the, the level – like the, the amount of competition, not the level of competition, but the amount – of competition like no Neymar you can't go to Brazil for a month because you know we have mm-hmm. FA Cup we mm-hmm. have Gummy Bear Cup we have uh Champions League we have you know we're in the middle of a title race uh you know there's a, a yeah I I just think he needs to be pushed and challenged in a new way I think it would be good for him again just make Super League and get it over with just make Super League Get these crazy rich teams, the the absurd level billionaires. You know, if if uh, Berlusconi wants to go and and dump stupid amounts of cash into a team again, let him go, let him do it. Uh, if you know somebody wants to buy, uh, you know, if Renault wants to buy Milan and dump stupid money and go and compete in Super League, go go for it, have fun, and then whatever's left over. Let us coalesce around that and 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 see what comes of it. Uh, I know that, that this will come as a surprise from our mm. friends at Keep. Uh, Argentina forward Lionel Messi, whose deal with, with PSG runs out in the summer, is unsure about signing a contract extension with the French champs, which could open the door to moving to Inter Miami. I know that's a shocker. Uh, Arsenal monitoring the situation of Marcus Rashford over the uncertainty of his contract at Old Trafford. Mikel Arteta has asked the club to sign uh, Martin Zubamendi from Real Sociedad. Arsenal and uh, Manchester United are interested in Denzel Dumfries, who Inter Milan may be prepared to sell in the summer, courtesy of our friends at Fichajes, Nick. Uh, Inter is, is kind of being a little funny right now. Uh, you know, Selling players and then not just that, but apparently they're issuing uh, guidelines to Inzaghi. Um, somebody who's made them unbelievably competitive. I, I don't know what to make heads or tails of what Inter is doing. Uh, you know, there's been rumors for a long time that they're in financial trouble. Okay. They seem to have stabilized. They made some poor transfer decisions um, in inbound and outbound. So I don't know how you're putting any of this on Inzaghi. I, you know, if you're trying to, I, I don't know. It, Inter makes no sense to me at all right now. So I good luck to him, I guess. Syria is going to be a very odd landscape coming up because now that Juve has been hammered, um, you're going to have uh, retribution's not the right word, but you're going to have people who uh, are going to essentially try to make good uh, by saying, "Hey, look, we did not just single out Juve. We are." <laughs> still going after Milan and Inter as well. So financially, a lot of dumb moves are going to happen. No doubt. Shavi uh, says Frankie Dijon did not want to join Manchester United last summer. That's from the three-letter paper, so take that story for uh, at your own peril. Uh, Bayern Munich have carried out internal analyses that has identified Harry Kane, whose contract, yes, whose contract at Spurs runs out in the summer of 24, is the ideal striker for the German club to sign, according to our friends at Build. Speaking of Spurs, they're interested in Bayer Leverkusen's defender Piero Hincapie, 
Aston Villa could listen to offers for Emmy Martinez to build the, up the club's summer rebuild. That's from the four-letter paper, so take mm. that information at your own peril. Mm. Uh, Portugal defender Joao Cancelo says rumors of a falling out with Manchester City's uh, Pep Guardiola before his loan move are a complete lie. And uh, discussing uh, a couple of other things, one, two, three, four, five... Premier League clubs have all made contact with Independiente Del Valle over 15-year-old midfielder Kendry Paez. And according to our friends at Talk Sport, Mauricio Pochettino could return as Spurs manager and replace under pressure Antonio Conte. And Conte went home, so he's going to recover from uh, gallbladder surgery at home. Nick, I think he's done after this year. I know I keep saying it, but the the more I keep seeing what's going on, the more I think that Conte is not going to want to renew his contract, and I think he's done. I think he's done, yeah. Uh, he uh, He's someone who has always gone sort of ridiculously hard uh, as a manager. He's he was, he's tough to play for. He demands a lot out of his players. His training sessions are notoriously difficult. And it, that takes a toll. You can only do that for so long. I, I don't... I, I want to know what's next for him. Yeah. If, if, you know, maybe I think it's recovery. I mean, the more that I think about it mm-hmm. with everything that is, is going on with, with him, he's had, he's had gallbladder surgery this year. Mm-hmm. He's lost three very close friends Yep, and it has weighed on him. He has said as much in press conferences where losing these friends have weighed on him. Yep. So I think he's just going to go home, and I think he's going to chill for a while until somebody calls him up that's desperate for either uh, being stave, uh, you know, a, a grande that wants to save their spot in European competition or something like that. I think he's going home, and I think he's going to spend some time with family. Yeah. I, there's nowhere else in Italy for him to go at the moment, um, even if Juve – reopens like if they if they fire count dracula and get uh if they fire nosferatu and bring uh and bring you know try to bring him in i I, he needs to stay out for a little while he needs to try getting uh you know just some rest and recovery and go back to lecce hang out for a bit get some sun chill and when mancini decides he's done with the national team then take it over if he's ready if he wants it but you know, I, I don't I don't see how mentally or physically he can keep up. I, I went to, you know, here's the thing. There was a period of time in my life where my mental health was directly affecting my physical health to a point where I went to the doctor and the doctor's like, I don't know what's going on with you, but you need to figure it out because it's killing you. And so don't ever – don't ever ignore the fact that your mental health can have a direct effect on your physical health and your physical well-being. Yep. And Conti, if he is he, he you know worn down, sad, you know he's dealing, he's he's grieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know whether you like the guy, hate the guy, love Spurs, hate Spurs, it doesn't matter. The man is grieving, and I think he needs to go and take time to process that grief. So. And uh, Ricky's asking what you think of the Salernitana saga. Uh, Salernitana is interesting. Um, they have all of they have all the ability to to be a, a top flight Serie A team. 
um, you know, they keep signing old guys, and, and I that's it's not going to work. You know, um, they're going to have to they're going to have to get sorted. You know, they, they're they're skirting. You know, currently at sixteen. Um, you know, I, I hate to break it to anybody, but in Serie B right now, you have a few teams that could come in right now and and do some work. Uh, you know, and, and there's actually, I think, a more compelling story right now in City B than at the bottom of Serie A. And the first of that's Bari. So Bari is owned by De Laurentiis, who also owns Napoli. So which, in, according to Serie A guidelines, you can't own two teams in the same league. So which team does he sell? Mm-hmm. He has a better stadium situation at Bari. Uh, you know, the city will let him do whatever he wants with that, with that stadium. It's easier to refurbish, easier to, um, to, to modernize, which is what he's at. He's wanted at uh, the Maradona for a long time. And the city has pushed back on it. Um, but there's more value in the team at Napoli than there is a body. So he's going to be stuck with a, a, a conundrum. And another team that n- no one else is really talking about, and I wish to God I'd been able to get up there to cover them. Uh, there's an ethnically Austrian region of Italy um, called uh, it, it, it's uh, it's Bolzano, right? And so it's uh, the, the team Sud Tirol. Uh, if you go up to uh, Bolzano, they speak fluent German. Um, they uh, have been offered dual citizenship with Austria. That is a team that has been cooking quietly for a bit. So if there's a team that you're looking for, that's a bit odd, is a bit weird. They're in a picturesque town. Uh, look at Sud Tirol. That's going to be a team that you're going to want to look at and kind of keep an eye on. And then don't forget those. Uh, we talked about big money. The, the boys from Palermo currently sitting in 10th in city B. Mm. Uh, they are not too terribly far out from, uh, f- from that playoff battle. So if, you know, Palermo may be a season away, but with the money that's being invested and they're slowly, surely uh, creeping up the table. So that's, that's, that's another thing to keep on. Look, Salonatana is going to have to revamp their player acquisition strategy. You can go and get old guys that are on their last legs of talent, and that's fine. But it, that's not going to sustain you. It may keep you from relegation, but it's not going to elevate you. So they have to decide whether or not they want to sustain or elevate. And so Salernitana, I think, has to they need to get that sorted and make some better investments. All right. So now uh, soccer on TV and juice boxes before we go. There's a lot today because Thursdays mean Europa League and Europa Conference League mm-hmm. for a lot of folks. Uh, BN and BN and Espanol have the Copa Libertadores at 7 o'clock. Zamora and Boston River. FS2 continues their coverage of the CONCACAF U-17s. Cuba and Guadalupe at 5. Costa Rica, Jamaica at 8. Tuta N.A. has a Europa League, 12.45 and 3. Barcelona, Manchester United, Juve and Nantes. 9 o'clock, Pachuca hosting Mazatlan. Unimas has Europa League with Juve at 3. Universo has the She Believes Cup at 4 and 7. Japan, Brazil and USA and Canada. Keep an eye out on the Canadian team and what they do as a form of protest mm. in this match. Uh, yesterday at practice, they wore their, their practice gear inside out as a form of protest. 
Keep an eye on that. It's on HBO Max for those of you that have that. I hope they walk the whole game. I hope they walk completely, just so I in to, 100% total support with the Canadian women's team. Mm-hmm. I hope they walk, just like kind of gently pass the ball back and forth. No one's running. No one's running. We played the game. Mm-hmm. We were there. We did what we held up to our end. Yeah. Have fun. Uh, Paramount Plus has a lot of action. The Arnold Clark Cup, Italy, Belgium at 11.45, England and South Korea, 2.45. Eight matches in the Europa League, four at 12.45, four at three. Four at 12.45 from Europa Conference League, four at three. Peacock, as she believes as well. VIX has Europa League at 12.45 and three. VIX Plus basically has the same lineup that Paramount Plus does with uh, Arnold Clark, Europa League, and Europa Conference League. So very, very busy days. 12.45 going over your favorites and juice boxes. Our friends at Carabag are hosting Ghent. Mm. They're a favorite at home at a plus 125. Braga is a favorite at home against Fiorentina at a plus 142. Fiorentina to win is a plus 193. Trabs on Spore and Basel. Apparently, th- this is still on the books, uh, despite uh, what the current situation in uh, in Turkey. So we'll keep an eye on Trabs on Spore and Basel if that one does indeed happen. Bodo Glimt, a favorite at home against Lech Poznan at a minus 106. Europa League. Barcelona, Manchester United. That's the one a lot of folks are looking at. Barca is a home favorite at a minus 128. Manchester United's a plus 375. Ajax a favorite at home against Union Berlin at a plus 110. Ran a favorite on the road at Shakhtar Donetsk. I think this one's going to be played in Poland. Uh, Salzburg is a dog at home as AS Roma comes in at a plus 150. Uh, Campeonatos in Brazil carry you through the early part of the afternoon. The Arnold, Club, uh, Arnold Clark Cup, by the way, is a women's tournament, 245. England and South Korea. England, obviously, a big favorite at a minus 714. Conference League, Lazio, big favorite at home against Cluj. Ludogorets, a favorite at home against Anderlecht. Larnica is a plus 121 at home against Dnipro. And our buddies at Sheriff Tiraspol are a home dog against Partizan at a plus 194. Partizan's a plus 161. Bayer Leverkusen, a favorite at home in Europa League at 3 o'clock at a plus 110. Sevilla, a favorite at home against PSG. Juve on the minus side at a minus 278, hosting Nantes at 3 o'clock. Nantes is north of plus 900. Sporting CP and Michelin Sporting is a, is a minus 286. That gets you through back into the Campeonatos, getting close to the dinner hour. You're getting into She Believes. USA is a minus 172, hosting Canada at 7 o'clock. You have Liga MX, Mazatlan, and Pachuca. That one is Mazatlan's a plus 315, Pachuca's a minus 122, and that is your juice box. Is anything else on your mind, Nick, before we go? I know that Bart is still reeling after what happened yesterday with Manchester City winning 3-1 over Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a, uh, some fun moments in that game. Um, yeah, the FA is going to investigate Arsenal after objects were thrown at Kevin De Bruyne. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, then you have Arteta kicking the ball away. And, yeah. Yeah, it's lots of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the one takeaway that I have is that uh, last night in the uh, the AmFam Cup that there's a lot to be excited about for for the youth uh, for the youth movement of Atlanta United. Yep. Uh, Brendan, that kid, that kid looks Woo. like he's oh man, <laughs> young but good lord, that kid looks like he's almost ready for showtime. He's uh, ready. But you know, I saw a lot of stuff I liked. Um, you know, the attacking movement was 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 beautiful. I mean, defensively, there's there's there were certainly moments that could have been cleaned up. The the deflection, I mean, 
We've seen the world's best fall victim to a deflection. Don't know really what you can do there, but, uh, you know, it's not the way you want it to end, obviously, but I think there's a difference between losing and having it be comedically bad and losing and having it, uh, you know, with essentially Atlanta United two and Academy kids on the field for the second half. And Toluca stalling against kids. Oh, it was just hilarious. But let me, hey, those kids didn't care, man. Those kids were going, they, they, they took the fight to them. Yep. I, I loved to see, I love seeing that. And I think that, uh, when the Minotaur comes into, uh, uh into the team that there's good, I think there's, there's some opportunity here. I'm not going to go as far to say anything crazy, but uh, I am going to say that there's opportunity here for some good things, and that uh, that that makes me that makes me happy to see. No doubt about it. We'll be back again 9:05 tomorrow morning to get you ready for the weekend. Uh, we're going to track down Nico Moreno, and at some point we will have Thursdays with Nico, whether it's on a Friday or if it's today later on. We'll let you know. Uh, NPSL one v one with a new club out of Charlotte, North Carolina area. That'll be up later today as well, and uh, the. Uh, uh, high school game of the week, uh, Central Carol Villarica. That is uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'll be calling the girls' match. Jason will call the boys' match, and that'll be on the app. I think it's five thirty, seven thirty, but we'll keep an eye on those times. So Central Carol Villarica tomorrow night for the soccer down here games of the week doubleheader. So Nick, if you would please, sir, send us home. Uh, until next time, everybody, please be kind to each other, take care of each other, and know that no matter what, we love you. All right? even, if we, even if you disagree with us or say that we're putting you to sleep, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We still love you. We still care about you. And uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, mucha, mucha euro, y'all. What he said. Play it safe, everybody. Mucha plat, y'all. We'll be back 9.05 tomorrow morning.